Hello, welcome to the maiden voyage of killer music. I'm your host, Mortimer Bustos, and my co-host, Paul Schlichtholz. How are y'all doing? How are y'all doing like like there's somebody else besides nobody We're listening. doing great! We love you guys, you're <laughs> the best! Well, this podcast is going to deal with the calamities surrounding uh, certain songs and certain artists and music. Um, because music is a very powerful medium. And the way it affects human beings is deeper than you could possibly imagine. So, to start it off, we're going to go way back to the 1930s, Paul, to Gloomy Sunday. Oh, yeah. Gloomy Sunday, also known as a Hungarian suicide song, is a popular song composed by Hungarian pianist and composer Rezo Sores and published in 1933. The original lyrics were titled VJ Vilignach, which translates to The World is Ending, and they were about despair caused by war, ending in a quiet prayer about people's sins. Poet Laszlo Javert wrote his own lyrics to the song titled Sozmuru Vaznarp, which translates to Sad Sunday. <laughs> I'm murdering the language here. Please don't get don't get upset at me. In which the protagonist wants to commit suicide following his lover's death. The latter lyrics ended up becoming more popular while the former were essentially forgotten. The song was forced re- recorded in Hungar- Hungarian by Paul Kamar. Did you know that the word P A L Paul is just like Paul in English? Oh yeah. Hey, what do you what do you know? <laughs> it is. It is. That's pretty cool. It, <clears throat> The the song was first recorded in Hungarian by Paul Kamar in 1935. Gloomy Gloomy Sunday was f- first recorded in English by Hal Kemp in 1936 with lyrics by Sam M. Lewis and was recorded the same year by Paul again Paul Robeson with lyrics by Desmond Carter. It became well known throughout much of the English speaking world after the release the release of a version by Billy Holiday in 1941. Lewis lyrics referred to suicide and the record label described it as the Hungarian suicide song. There's a reoccurring urban legend which claims that many people have committed suicide while listening to the song. The song was composed by Rezo Ceres while living in Paris in an attempt to become an established songwriter in late 1932. The original music composition was was a piano melody in C minor. Oh, there's that C minor mm-hmm. again, with lyrics being sung over it. Ceres wrote the song at the time of the Great Depression and increasing fascist influence in the writer's native Hungary although sources differ as to the degree of which his song was motivated by personal melancholy rather than concerns about the future of the world. The basis to Ceres' lyrics is a reproach to the injustices of man with a prayer to God to have mercy on the modern world and the people who perpetrate evil. Well, that's kind of nice. Yeah. That's like you motherfuckers are stomping us out. God, he's literally begging for their forgiveness mm-hmm. for for f- forgiveness to be shown to them now that's taking the higher road yeah there are some suggestions that the words of 
Verge Villignach were in fact not written until World War II itself and not copyrighted until 1946. Ceres initially had difficulty finding a publisher mainly due to the unusually melancholy nature of the song. One potential publisher stated, It's not that the song is sad. There is a terrible, compelling despair about it. I don't think it would do anyone any good to hear a song like that, he said. <laughs> the song was published as sheet music was published I'm sorry. The song was published as sheet music in late nineteen thirty three with lyrics by Laszlo Javor, who was inspired by a recent breakup with his fiancee. According to most sources, Javor wrote the lyrics after the song's first publication, although he is sometimes described as the original writer of its words. His lyrics contain no political sentiments, but were rather a lament for the death of a beloved and a pledge to meet with the lover again in the afterlife. The version of the song became the best known after later rewritings are based around the idea of lost love. Here's a translation to the English lyrics. Sunday is gloomy, my hours are slumberless. Dearest the shadows I live with are numberless. Little white flowers will never awaken you, not where the black coach of sorrow has taken you. Angels have no thought of ever returning you, and would they be angry if I thought of joining you? Gloomy Sunday. Gloomy is Sunday, with shadows I spend it all. For my heart and I have decided to end it all. Soon there will be candles and prayers that are sad, I know. Let them not weep. Let them know that I am glad to go. Death is no dream. For in death I am caressing you. With the last breath of my soul I'll be blessing you. Gloomy Sunday. And here's what they did in the American version. They put a major key change mm -hmm. in the song, especially most widely known with the Billie Holiday version. Mm -hmm. But they kind of pick it up a little bit, which I found this part to be equally as melancholy as the rest of it. So I think this part's actually kind of brilliant, but, where some people go, eh, eh, eh. Uh -huh. I think, well, I think they tried to, they tried to lighten it up a little with this, this part of the song. You know what I mean? To try to. Yeah, but I find I find this part. Well, here here's here's the verse that was written in the major key. Uh, dreaming, I was only dreaming. I wake and I find you asleep, in the deep of my heart, dear. Darling, I hope this is going back to the minor for any nerds out there. Darling, I hope that my dream never haunted you. My heart is telling you how much I wanted you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I find that dark and terrible. It is definitely dark, but not terrible. But um, uh, he's coming to the realization that okay, it's not. It, you aren't dead. I was only dreaming. You know what I mean? So, like, in a way. It's yeah, but like maybe, it seems like they're trying to lighten it up a little. 
maybe this person is dreaming that they were in love and have no idea what love is and are just going to kill themselves anyway. Maybe, maybe the whole song's <laughs> about a dream of being in love and maybe the life, maybe living a loveless life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, back to the happiness. Uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you want to, what do you got for us, Paul? Um, I know about some of the urban legends. Sweet. So there've been several urban legends regarding this song, mostly involving it being allegedly connected with various numbers of suicides and radio networks reacting by purportedly banning the song. However, most of these claims are unsubstantiated. Press reports in the 1930s associate at least 19 suicides, both in Hungary and the United States, with Gloomy Sunday, but most of the deaths supposedly linked to it are difficult to verify. The urban legend appears to be, for the most part, simply an embellishment of the high number of Hungarian suicides that occurred in the decade when the song was composed due to other factors such as famine and poverty, as well as the rise of Nazi Germany influence in Europe. No studies have drawn a clear link to the song and suicide, but I think we all know. (laughs) I think we all know what really went down. Okay. All of the can, can I can I put this in this a little scenario here? Yeah. We, can you be Rezo Ceres? Sure. Okay, and you're just a, you're a Hungarian. I am Rezo Ceres. Okay, you're a Hungarian Hungarian guy uh, living his best life in Hungary mm-hmm. in the time of of a nation not nationwide uh, international Great Depression. Yes. Okay, this is shortly after. World War II came, for people that aren't versed in any sort of history, it wasn't very long after World War II before the war to end all wars. Uh, There was another massive fucking war. Um, But anyway, so my name is Klaus. I'm your buddy from Germany. Hello, Klaus. I am Rezo Ceres. I have got some very... Interesting news for you, Reza. Oh, news. I love news. Okay. So, well, before the news, how is, how is your family been Oh, doing? everybody's lovely. We are all singing and dancing, holding hands. We are eating well. Everything is great. How do you manage to do this during a Great Depression? Oh. <laughs> what, what are you hiding from people? <laughs> oh, it's, it's from God. <laughs> from God. Gift. Okay. I am gifted. Okay, well, there's a new. There's going to be a uh, new regime change in your country. <laughs> oh, I like regime changes. Maybe. <laughs> yes, there's going to be many more jobs. Oh, I like jobs. And you are going to uh, learn how to be a little more disciplined in your regiments. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and you are also going to prosper if you're not Jewish. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I have to catch a boat. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking imagine. Imagine, okay. Every, it, what, how could it get fucking worse? Okay, well, this fucking nut job just took over Germany and is pretty much like like the fucking crazy mouse from Pinky and or Pinky mm-hmm. or the brain, the brain mm-hmm. from Pinky and the brain, and he's gonna try to take over the mm-hmm. world. And uh, 
you uh your your family's already shit and starving. They're not dancing around <laughs> Reso. They're not dancing around the celebration. Right. And your buddy comes over and just tells you the news that yeah, there's gonna be a regime change there's, and everybody's gonna prosper, except for you, you fucking Jew. <laughs> it's not funny. So anyway, this guy's um was taken in uh, after Hungary got taken over, he was um, placed in a camp, and his mother was as well. His mother died there, and obviously he survived to write this song. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so uh, th- that that went from funny to dark really fast, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, I mean it's the truth, though. It is the truth, and that's the truth about the song. And it's a gloomy Sunday. And it's a very gloomy Sunday. So we're going to talk about a couple more songs. Um, oh, we didn't go. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to edit this out. Uh, we didn't go to how um, our friend, Mr. Ceres, ended his life in 1968. Yeah. He uh, leapt from a building and didn't perish and was taken to a hospital where he tried to choke, where he didn't try, he succeeded in choking, choking himself to death with a wire. Um, he claimed that he would never, before his death, he left a note saying in not so many words that he would never be able to write a song that was better than Gloomy Sunday, but also kind of inferred or, or made reference to that song that song cursed his life basically mm-hmm. is kind of what that note is saying yeah he once wrote um, of his conflicted emotions toward his morbid masterpiece he wrote I stand in the midst of this deadly success as an accused man this fatal fame hurts me I cried all of the disappointments of my heart into this song and it seems that others with feelings like mine have found their own hurt in it and I think he just whoosh. that was it yeah that was it uh, his, most people can identify with like heartbreak and uh, I don't know that's some of this that's the saddest I've ever been in my life yeah is whenever you're broken hearted I, and I have abandonment issues from, from like the womb mm-hmm. so I take everything really hard yeah I mean it sucks <laughs> it's it, uh, yeah nobody nobody's like really. there's got to be a person that enjoys being break, broken <laughs> up with that would be pretty interesting to meet that person that like, you should have seen the way she fuck, she dropped me so hard <laughs> yeah like that doesn't exist <laughs> no there there's there that <laughs> oh, I maybe insist, i mean maybe I some insist, weird fetish <laughs> i insist that that exists whereas the guy just like or maybe just likes to get relationships like it's like yeah yeah I'm gonna keep this going for three years and then I'm really gonna turn on my my real obnoxious self <laughs> and this chick is gonna hate me hate me forever or vice versa this dude this dude <laughs> wait till I wait till I uh, yeah wait till I make him hate me he's really gonna dump me something fierce <laughs> but anyway uh, let's let's um. Uh, Move on to some other suicides linked to, or allegedly linked to music. Again? 
It's time to go to the suicide potluck. Ooh. <laughs> that's my suicide sound. <laughs> that's, that, that's excellent. Thank you. Thank you. I worked on it. So uh, our next series, we're going to talk about other suicides related to music. Some of it a little more current. Not that current, but a little more current. And Paul's going to start us off. Um, I just know that there was a recent study, um, a U.S. study, that showed that country music fans have the highest suicide rate. The results of a multiple regression analysis of 45 metropolitan areas show that the greater airtime devoted to country music, the greater the white suicide rate. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that. I could see, I could see, like topping myself to some good old Hank Williams. Yeah. I was actually um, taking a walk during the the really stinky underpass. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I know about? what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, dude, this dude lays a fucking deuce in there. Like every time I have to take Zoe to school, it's like there's a fresh deuce, and then oh, y'all walk man. back and it's gone, and that means that he's a serial deucer in there. Huh. She she won't walk in there. I have to go around it. There. What happens to it? It disappears. No, I think somebody from the city picks up the poo poo. Oh, hmm. yeah. You can't just leave that poo poo there. But I think he he lays it there on every every. <laughs> <laughs> I think he puts it there every time, like in the same spot. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep, that's my fucking toilet. Huh. That's my toilet. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's super gross, and it really does permeate the whole underpass. Yeah, and it's a really. It's, 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 it's a, a dank ass underpass. <laughs> it is. It's really gross. Yeah. Ah. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, country music. Uh, do you have a favorite sad country music song? Or oh, do you man. listen to much of it? Well, Hank Williams. I think he's got all the greats. There's a tear in my beer and all that stuff. Even though that one's not really necessarily sad. No, I would go with uh, "So Lonesome I Could Cry." So oh yeah, definitely. Good. Yes. Here alone, some whippoorwill. Oh, yeah. That song. Woo. Yeah, that's a bad one. That's a good. It's a, so good. It's, a it's bad. <laughs> so good. It's bad. That's what I meant. Well, here's another one that actually kind of happened. I remember seeing these two kids. Uh, the dude, one of the kids, shot himself in the face, saying they listened to some music and it made him sad, and he killed himself or said that the music was telling him to do it. And mm-hmm. this was in the in the eighties, but uh, it was a song called "Better by You by Me," where two boys—I'm not even reading anything; I'm going off my memory—where two young teenagers um, who were higher than moon dirt listening to this song and they uh, both made like a little suicide pack and then we're listening to this Judas Priest song called Better By You Than Me mm. by Judas oh wait hold on this I'm on the wrong page This is that's a spooky tooth song <laughs> <laughs> what no oh man no even the wrong wrong song what am I doing on Spooky Tooth? What was that? Was you ever that? listen to Spooky Tooth? I no. got Spooky Teeth. No, I, I never have. Um, yeah. Here's a, I'll just give you a little quick synopsis. I'm going to take take us to the courtroom here. 
members of Judas Priest wearing day-job business suits instead of their traditional leather and spikes entered a Nevada courtroom on July 16, 1990, facing charges that their lyrics had driven two young fans to suicide. Both of the band and its record label were the target of a civil suit alleging the manufacture and marketing of a faulty product. What? What? A faulty product. They released a song and called it a faulty product. That's the product, the song? They said that it was intentionally reckless and it was uh, it was considered misconduct and ne- negligence. Hmm. Quote, Judas Priest and CBS pandered to this stuff to alienated teenagers. Attorney <clears throat> Kenneth McKenna said during the opening day of the arguments, the members of the chess club, the math team, and science majors don't listen to this stuff. It's the dropouts and the drug and alcohol abusers. So our argument is that you have a duty to be more conscious when you're dealing with a population that are susceptible to this stuff. Lawyers pointed to messages, some overt, some allegedly masked through backwards recording techniques on albums like 1978's Stained Class, saying that they directly led two teens from Sparks, Nevada, Raymond Belknap and no Belknap and James Vance to make a grisly decision on December 23, 1985. The evening began w- the evening began Vance said said in hearings before his 1988 death with lots of marijuana, beer and Judas Priest. He testified that the band song Beyond the Realms of Death which which features Rob Halford singing Keep the world with all of its sin. It's not fit for living in. Led the led the friends to a blood oath. As for hidden messages, attorneys argued that they heard words, do it, do it, do it, <laughs> do it, 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 do it. Is that if you play it backwards? If you play it backwards. Hmm. Embedded in the song, Better By You, Better Than Me. All of a sudden, we got a suicide message. Vance said, and we got tired of life. That night, Belknap and Vance shot themselves in the head in a nearby church playground with a 12-cage shotgun. Yikes. Belknap, 18, died instantly, but Vance suffered a glancing blow. While he destroyed most of his face and then... The 20-year-old somehow survived. A series of costly and apparently quite painful reconstructive surgeries followed before Vance died of a methadone overdose nearly three years later. I believe that alcohol and heavy metal music such as Judas Priest led us to be mesmerized, Vance wrote in an earlier letter to Belknap's mother. The Belknap sued for $1.2 million, and the Vance family asked for $5 million, Judas Priest pushed back against the allegations just as fellow rocker Ozzy Osbourne had done with similar charges leveled against him. Mm-hmm. I was just going to talk about that. Quote, I don't know what subliminals are, but I do know there's nothing like that in this music, Judas Priest manager Bill Kerbishley said. If, we're, if we were going to do that, I'd be saying, buy seven copies 
not telling a couple screw up screwed up kids to kill themselves. <laughs> The right. trial included, included several series of unforgettable allegations and images such as Halford's dramatic recitation of the lyrics he said and he never perceived as deep or meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that makes sense. That's nice. I never thought of them as deep or meaningful. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the Ozzy Osbourne song... Um, it's it was called what was it called suicide solution right he actually wrote that song as an anti-suicide song um for a fellow musician who drank himself to death but there was this huge lawsuit about it um what happened paul the the so there's a kid 19 year old john mccollum he was found shot to death on his bed in in indio california and all there was it was quickly determined that the fatal wound was self-inflicted. The McCollum's parents believe that Ozzy Osbourne was actually responsible because their son had been listening to the album Blizzard of Oz, which contains the song Suicide Solution. So, I mean, although it's, it's generally legal in the United States to express any viewpoint or feelings, it's not legal to directly incite specific or imminent violent actions. But since this standard is hard to prove, virtually every attempt to hold an entertainer responsible for allegedly exciting action has failed. It, that seems pretty fucking logical. You want to <laughs> well, hear some of the lyrics? Yeah. Wine is fine, but whiskey is quicker. <laughs> Suicide is slow death liquor. Yep. Take a bottle, drown your sorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, booze. Yeah, that makes me want to shoot myself in the head for sure. No, it does have a line. It's like now you live inside a bottle, yada yada yada. The yeah, it was reaper, about the reaper is you, and the reaper is me. Saying that if you uh, get too far down the rabbit hole of alcoholism, which you know, fuck, his friend did battle it sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we all do. <laughs> yeah, gotta watch yourselves. Gotta check your p's and q's. But yeah, if you are, do I say p's and q's? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, if you're gonna do that, it's it's. A rocky road, and especially if you're susceptible to addiction, which my whole entire family kind of is. Mm-hmm, mine too. So, so yeah, you got to really watch yourself and just keep yourself in check a little bit on that one. Um, to end, to like end this podcast, you know, I'd like to just tell the no one that's listening, or the person that ends up listening to this, is like we're not making a lie to suicide. It's very serious. It's, um, what you're doing by killing yourself is causing yourself not to live anymore. Yep. (laughs) That's basically what, uh, and when you cause yourself not to live, there's, there's obviously somebody in the world that's going to actually, that actually does care about you. And you might as well just ride the rocket to the sun. Because we're all on the same path together, and yep. we 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 love every, I even, I even love my enemies. You know what the fuck? Yeah, you're not alone. You're not alone in this world. <clears throat> Do it. Do it. Shoot. Shoot. Shoot yourself. Hang yourself. What's wrong with hanging yourself? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if, you need to, if you need to, um, <clears throat> if you need some help, you need to talk to somebody. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Line at one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. 
Thanks, Paul. No problem. That's awesome. He's reading his thing, and I'm just standing, sitting here, <laughs> blathering into the... But um, how many times, uh, every time I say, but, um, mm-hmm. you guys should take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> this has been the Killer Music Podcast with your hosts, Mortimer Bustos and Paul Schleestoltz. And we will see you here again next week. We'll see you here again. It's a podcast. We won't. We will be broadcasting at you where we hope you are listening. And we'll have another bit to talk about next week. And I think we're going to be talking about Richard Ramirez and his jam, ACDC, and what those lyrics were really about. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Good night and God bless and don't kill yourselves. You're awesome. Bye. Bye.